Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, this week we're going to be talking about uh, the Electoral College and how Trump still hasn't conceded again. Uh, there was a second stimulus package and a whole bunch of other stuff we're going to get to. And as always, we will have happy news and troop deployments. Uh, so, first story is the Electoral College voted, and uh, they voted for Biden, obviously. Uh, so it's pretty much a done deal. All the court cases have been thrown out. The voting happened. Uh, so there's really nothing Trump can do. Uh, and yet, he is still uh, you know, proclaiming that he's the real winner. And uh, privately, his, uh, the White House staff and the people close to him are saying that they're, they're worried he's just, he's just not going to leave. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would love to see him get physically escorted out of the White House. That would be just amazing. But uh, I don't know what they're talking about because he, we covered this last episode. He scheduled a rally at, at Mar-a-Lago during the inauguration. So he's not going to be in Washington. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's going to try to go back into the White House afterwards. And What if he just leaves all his stuff like he's going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he, he leaves, but he doesn't move out, you know? Yeah. You're stuck putting yeah. all his stuff out on the sidewalk. All right. Melania is still there. I think that we can all agree that the best thing for the country is if Trump gets escorted out and then they put it on pay-per-view because <laughs> then we get a competent man in the White House and we also take a good chunk out of the budget deficit. Yeah, right. Does pay-per-view still exist? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's just on, you know, on YouTube now. All right. Well, so that's happening. Um, that's just kind of the same thing that's been happening since the election. So uh, we'll move on. Uh, next story is that there was a second stimulus package agreed on. Um, it's about half the size of the first one. So, uh, David, I assume that means it's half as bad. It does mean it's less bad, but it's not linear. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, highlights include extended unemployment with, uh, I think, 300 extra instead of the 600 they had before um checks that are that are half as big as the ones that went out before so everyone is going to get a 600 hundred dollar check i think um i think they're going to everyone there was some talk that they were going to means test it which i know democrats and they love means testing things so we'll see who actually ends up getting checks um and then like lots of more uh the ppp loans and the stuff that was in the original one I heard that uh, the um, eviction moratorium is still in there. Correct. Eviction okay. moratorium, which as a landlord, I'm sure you're very happy about. Super thrilled. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't actually affect me right now because I'm quite happy with all my tenants, but still, okay. it's it's not it's not great. Yeah. Uh, so, what is what is the story with the eviction moratorium? They're just go you just can't evict people until it's lifted, but then at that point they owe all their rent and you can evict them if they don't pay it. That's what it sounds like. I mean, so just I, w I wonder how many people just aren't paying their rent, and they're like, "Well, I'll just move." Yeah, I, I mean, I I also work for an apartment uh, company, and I know that there's at least a few people that have been doing that. I just yeah. haven't paid their rent in months, and you know, obviously and aren't, aren't going to have the money. And yeah, once it, they're just basically living rent free until the moratorium lifts, and then they're going to get kicked mm -hmm. out. But so what's like, I'm very torn about this policy, because on the one hand, you are like, well, there is a big, um, just aside from the economy, there's a, uh, a pandemic, and you're telling everyone to stay home. You don't really want to have people end up homeless. Yeah. 
Um, but then, you know, you look at it from the landlord's perspective, like they have bills to pay. And the threat of eviction is basically the only thing, the only enforcement mechanism they have. Uh, so, I mean, you would think yeah. that the government could pass some kind of stimulus package where instead of giving money to major corporations, they give it to people who can't pay their rent to help them pay the rent. Yeah, yeah, or, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, Inyash got it. Like the government made it illegal for people to work, and when the government does that, it's just common courtesy to give them the money that they would get through working, but can't because it's literally against the law. So just give the money. That is what the unemployment benefits are for. And they have been pretty generous. I mean, they've been a fucking tenth of the stimulus or whatever, so... like, yeah. If the entire stimulus package went to that stuff, I would be much happier. Sure, but if you're saying uh, you can't tell people not to work and then also not give them money, they have been giving them money, and in many cases, more than they were getting at work. Um, yeah. If you, if you look at the... Um, the statistics for the past six months or so, um, the at least while that enhanced unemployment was paying out extra, um, I think that ended over the summer. But while that was happening, um, the financial health of the uh, the poorest Americans actually went up. Um, so you know, I think the government, at least for a time, was being pretty generous yeah. uh, with with that money. That the that that people should be able to pay their rent. Then <laughs> I don't know why you need that and the eviction moratorium. I, is, is someone going to tell me? I, I don't think you need the eviction moratorium, to be honest, but but we got it anyway. I'm inclined to think that it's just progressives loathe landlords and no one likes landlords enough to fight them on it. And if it keeps AOC from tweeting something stupid during election season, why not? See, I usually disagree with you when you say things about progressives, but uh, you're, you're very right. They do hate landlords. Yeah. That might just be me being cynical again, though. Not sure. All right. Well, I, I think there is some, at least some justification because of the pandemic and evictions during a pandemic being bad in and of themselves. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the evictions, yeah. I guess, are going to happen mean, at some point. Yeah. I mean, um, the the... Shutdowns aside, are evictions particularly bad during a pandemic? I we cut, you cut out a bit. Can you say that again? Um, shutdown aside, making them more likely. Never mind. I just answered my own question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, but I think they are bad because then, uh, presumably, people getting evicted because they don't have rent money and the, they may have nowhere else to go. Uh, so they're either out on the street, which is bad for pandemic reasons, or they move in with relatives, which is also bad for pandemic reasons. Mm. You know, you want people staying home alone. Yeah, I'm not sure them going out on the street is bad for pandemic reasons, but obviously it's bad for, like, humanitarian ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, regardless, it's happening. Um, the, the stimulus package, I, I don't know if they voted for it, but it's been agreed on, so it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, so everyone enjoy those uh, six hundred dollar checks. Woo-hoo. Hopefully the Democrats won't um, ruin it with their uh, obsession with means testing. All right, more political news. Bill Barr has resigned. Yay! Uh, which is you know sort of a good news, bad news kind of thing because Bill Barr's terrible. Um, so him leaving is pretty unequivocal, unequivocally good. As a quick reminder, Bill Barr is the Attorney General, right? Bill Barr is the Attorney uh, General, the Interior Minister of the. Um, of the uh, Trump world. 
I, I feel like that, I feel like that, you're that, going somewhere with that. I, no, I, no, it's just I I was trying to make a joke and it I couldn't think fast enough. Okay, <laughs> I feel like it was it was some sort of 1984 reference, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, but yes, he is um, yes chief propagandist, chief propagandist uh, for Trump, um, especially in regards to his criminal activity. I mean, I don't. I feel like that's a not a great way to describe it, because like his most of the good he's done has been like telling the Justice Department to cut it out with the prosecutions, which is. Not the usual purview of a propaganda propaganda minister. I mean, well, I feel like the the biggest thing he did to make Trump happy was uh, his summary of the Mueller report. Uh, if you'll remember, when we got the Mueller report, uh, Bill Barr got it before anybody else and put out this statement that was like, yeah, so what it says is that Trump didn't do anything wrong. Case closed. I do remember that. Yeah, and that was all we had for like two days. And then we got the actual report. We're like, that's not what it says. <laughs> it doesn't say that at all. But the narrative had already been put out there. Trump's Trump's just been running with it. Yeah, but like the most consequential thing he's done in real life terms has been um, him, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, him like blocking prosecutions because that's a genie that once let out of the bottle probably is not going back. Well, yeah, but he did. He blocked the prosecution of Michael Flynn, but it didn't work. So Trump had to pardon him. Um, who else did he block prosecutions of? I mean, there's probably lots of stuff that lots of people that should be prosecuted that aren't. But yeah, I don't know if they would have been in, in absence of bar. Hmm. So why is it that yeah, this Trump best friend person resigned? Um, Some sort he he claims that there was some sort of disagreement. Um, you know, it sounds to me like he's trying to rehab his image hmm. uh, and make it look like he's not a Trump toady, which he totally is. Oh, now that he knows Trump is getting kicked out? Yeah, so Trump's Trump's star is fading. So he wants to jump ship and say like, oh, yeah, I, I disagree with the president so much and I'm standing up to him so hard that, you know, I just can't be an effective attorney general anymore. Yeah. Um, which, well, so it, it all just strikes me as stupid bullshit. Well, lucky for us, there's a little someone who's coming to town and they're making a list and checking it twice. Is it AOC? No, it's Santa Claus <laughs> with ah. his gulag list. Okay. I still feel like you're talking about AOC. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Santa's pretty communist. I don't, I don't remember Santa having a gulag list. That's coal. He just gives you coal. He doesn't throw you in a gulag. Who do you think the oh. elves were before they crossed Santa? He's oh right. They never thought about it. They are just children. And the coal story makes absolutely no sense. I mean, who gives valuable commodities to people they don't like? Coal is fairly expensive. Or it was back in the day. I guess it still is if you want to buy a bunch of it, right? I think it's actually more expensive now because people use it less. So there's fewer economies of scale in oh. production. Okay. Not sure, though. I guess it depends on the kind of coal. Yeah, I was wondering, like, does he give him, like, the barbecue charcoal stuff, or does he give him, like, actual, like, mined coal? I always see, like, the mined coal yeah, in it's coal. Christmas it's not, movies. Which, it's not charcoal. As we all know, is the single most reliable source of information on one uh, St. Nicholas. Yeah, totally. Well, 
All right. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> uh, next story is from Eniash. Yes. Uh, the I don't know how people have already heard about this, but um, hackers who Russia absolutely denies have anything to do with the Russian government, uh, but we're pretty clearly Russian operatives, um, have broken into SolarWinds network. And SolarWind is a large distributor for uh, industrial software. Uh, it was specifically in one of their products called Orion that helps monitor fleets of devices uh, for companies. But anyways, uh, they broke into SolarWinds and installed a backdoor uh, that got pushed with their next update of Orion and for months had access to a lot of a lot of Fortune 500 companies, internal systems to uh, the internal email accounts of several U.S. federal agencies, including Treasury, Homeland Security, and Commerce. It was it was an impressive and massive hack, and they could have done a lot with it. I mean, who knows? Maybe they have done a lot with it already. Um, their downfall came when they tried to push their luck with FireEye. Apparently, FireEye also has uh, some. Uh, some software from solar winds and FireEye is a cybersecurity company they're one ah. of yeah they're one of the first responders people go to when their systems have been hacked and uh what they did was they attempted to par burrow deeper into FireEye by registering one of their devices within the company's network for two-factor authentication and didn't quite get away with it uh FireEye noticed this and then started looking deep into their systems, and they eventually found, you know, how the whole thing came about and all the uh, places that have been compromised. Or rather, you know, they then told SolarWinds, and SolarWinds has the list of everyone that uses Orion. But, mm. um, yeah, the hackers for many months had information on a lot of big companies, a lot of access to government customers, and also apparently stole offensive tacking offensive hacking tools that FireEye uses to stress test its customer systems against cyber attacks. So that's fun. I just want to say uh, real quick, these products turned out to be a lot less cool than the names implied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if this is like good press for FireEye or bad press for FireEye. I would, I would think it's good. I feel like in a just world, it would be uh, good press, but in a world where, like, people still trust the CDC, fuck only knows. <laughs> it is objectively very bad news for SolarWind, which was the company that initially yeah. got hacked and had the backdoor that it pushed out, because their stock has dropped 20% already. Maybe I it's would... more by the time this comes out. I'm surprised Good it's only capitalism. 20. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that sounds like a, you know, not a great company. No one, uh, I mean, the one thing you hear on every single uh, big tech site is that nobody fucking cares about security or privacy anymore, and they're always tearing their hair out about it, and, you know, this is just more confirmation. All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, as far as I can tell, nobody nobody knows what the Russians did while they were in there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, could be some surprises. <laughs> but kind of kind of worrisome. And uh, I, I think I even recall, like, Trump tweeted out, it probably wasn't Russia, I think it was China, something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, Trump has definitely been like, no, I don't think it was Russia. Even in his last days in office, he's got to be filleting Putin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he needs to do so now especially, because, like, his only hope for staying out of jail is, like, getting directly on a one-way flight to Moscow. <laughs> 
God. Oh man, how great would that be? Oh, that would be epic. Like, like this, one of these, uh, one of these, like New York courts issues a warrant for Trump's arrest, and he escapes to Moscow. That would be one hell of a way for you to win his uh, bet about Melania. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> All right. Well, next story is also from Eniad. Zombie mink. No. Gasp. <laughs> The worst kind of zombies. <laughs> and the worst kind of mink. Definitely the worst kind of mink. I think in terms of zombies, they might be they might be good. They're cute, at least, until the fur starts slowing off. And uh, they're small, so you can stomp them. <laughs> but, no, right. you're, uh, Thanks you're for that story, Eniash. You're only allowed to stomp on weasels. Oh, yeah. They basically are weasels. We got a song about it and everything. They do look a lot like weasels, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, we've reported on this uh, at least once before, where the mink were going to be called because of the COVID-19 that spread to them, and then they weren't called, and the agriculture minister resigned over that, and then it turns out they were called after all, because the government said, look, if you kill your mink now, we'll pay you a nice premium, if you don't, you might have to kill them all in December, and you'll get nothing. So, uh, like, 98% of the milk, mink in, um, oh, damn it, which country was it? Sweden or Norway? I always confuse them. The Danish country. I know. I think it was Denmark. Denmark. You know what? That's the same thing, right? (laughs) The Danish country. (laughs) They're all Danish up there. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, but uh, now they're exhuming the corpses of these mass-buried minks so that they can incinerate them instead due to infection fears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And I just don't know. I think... I think maybe you should let these zombie corpses lie. I mean, burning the corpses is how you deal with zombies. It's Well, yes, but uh, maybe they could just like pour a concrete slab over it and hope that they never claw their way out. I mean, if you were watching a movie and they did that, do you think that would stop them? He's no. got you there. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what would stop them? Burning the bodies. Yeah, but then you got to dig up the bodies, and that just makes the problem worse in the short term. You know, I had a job digging up bodies one time. Did you really? Yep. Explain. Uh, a church wanted to expand its foundation, but there was a uh, there was a graveyard in the way. And it was like a 200-year-old graveyard. Cool. So they were like, all right, we're just going to move the graveyard. So go dig up all the bodies, and we'll rebury them somewhere else. So how nice. does a lawyer get a temporary gig digging up bodies? Well, Eniash, I don't know if you know this. Uh-huh. I was not always a lawyer. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, I was. I did not. I was not come out of the womb wearing a suit. <laughs> you were not born an esquire. No, no. I had a quite a modest upbringing, actually. And uh, yeah, you know, got to got to get money. Neat. So that was a body digging job, and I was like, I I can do that. Did it pay more because of the you know general reluctance of people to dig up bodies? Uh no. And actually, I worked with a lot of archaeologists. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently that's a tough, tough gig or a tough job to uh, get a gig in. Oh. Uh, so they were just, uh, th- but they're good with shovels. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they were out of work archaeologists just looking for. Yeah. A- oh, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, and it, well, it was like an excavation company. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they, the, the, those were the people they knew. Did they like wear bull whips and all khakis? Absolutely, every single one of nice. them. Nice. So Wish do you think there. archaeologists and paleontologists get, like, side hustles as landscapers between digs to keep their skills sharp? <laughs> their shovel skills? I, that is exactly what they do, apparently. It's not entirely landscaping work. you got to be, like, kind of more delicate with coffins. So yeah, maybe that's, that's why it true. applied. 
Yeah, we did it. We did. We we did have to like brush off the like bone chunks that we found. So it was a lot like you know digging up uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, totally. Same thing. Right. Just you know, not not humans. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, after that tangent, uh, why don't you you have another story for us about Russia? I just went on a spree. Um, yeah, the, you know, one of the nice things about Trump getting kicked out of office is that there's news about things other than Trump for once again. Uh, I kind of feel like maybe we missed a lot of stuff happening in the world over the last four years since nobody was reporting on anything but him. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Russia and both the Russian and French militaries did, uh, I don't even, the term everyone is using is meddling. I don't know how I feel about that, but they used face fake Facebook and Instagram accounts to spread disinformation in Central Africa, or rather in the Central African Republic, ahead of elections there, uh, both, you know, in in support of the guy they like and lying about the guy they don't like uh, for their political purposes, which, I don't know, it's just kind of what I expect. It's not like, is it really meddling to create fake Facebook accounts and write the same things that your crazy uncle writes on Facebook? Uh, it's certainly aggressive. I guess. I just don't, uh, how, how are people still taking Facebook and Instagram shit seriously? I, I don't know, but they are. Mm. Uh, I will refer you, I think, once again. I think we've talked about this on the show before to uh, uh, Robin Hansen's Overcoming Pious post on underestimating stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But this was, I guess, notable because it's the first time Facebook has actually said that, like, a Western democracy has done the same sort of election meddling. Yeah. So this was uh, Russia and France. Uh Uh-huh. Were they were they doing this together? No, in opposition to each other. Oh, so they were both. So it was like Russia versus France. Yeah. In the in the Central African Republic. Is that the is that the former Congo? I don't know. No, Congo is the former is the former Congo. I don't. I'm not familiar with the Central African Republic, but I'm also terrible at geography. I mean, I know there's Egypt, and I know there's Congo because they named a jungle after it. <laughs> I think that's about it. I think it was the other way around. Oh well, okay. The Ivory Coast is where they had all those diamonds, so I know that one too. Yep. Oh Price? well, that's convenient. So if you pull up a map of Africa and you point at the middle of it, that's the Central African Republic. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, cool. That, it is like that's why dead I thought center. It was kind of- is Congo just slightly offset from that then? Yes. Okay. It uh borders both Congos, I think. There's two Congos? Yep, there's the Republic of the Congo and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Huh. I really should learn more about Africa. Uh like one of the things I didn't know was why is France even doing this? So I looked that up and it turns out that there's uh some major French corporations that have a massive presence in the former French colonies there, and they want their interests protected. Um, they also, French companies import a lot of commodities from many Western and Central African countries. They have about 9,000 French French, French soldiers down there, uh, which are expensive to maintain and run various operations. And uh, France has been losing influence in Africa due to uh, the EU, China, and Russia all expanding their influence. And uh, even African leaders are calling for less dependence on France, because apparently they still held close ties even after the decolonization and uh just eh, france isn't i guess all that happy that they're losing all this influence where they have you know these vested interests and they're trying to do the same thing everyone else does where they you know lie cheat and steal and meddle in elections so you guys want to hear something hilarious 
Yes, always. The Central African Republic has two mottos, one in French and one in, I assume, some indigenous African language. The French motto is unity, dignity, work, and the indigenous language is all people are people. That's just colonialism in a nutshell, right there. One says don't leave and also work, and the other says we are definitely people. Huh. Yeah. Also, if you want to learn more about Africa, a uh, good, although enraging, place to start would be the book King Leopold's Ghost, which is oh about the, uh, uh, I want to say, fourth most genocidal person in history? Possibly third. Cool. Uh, who is, that is King Leopold of Belgium, uh, and he was the colonial... Um, ruler of the Congo in the late 18th and early 19th century, and um, he, uh, or late 19th and early 20th century, sorry, um, and uh, he actually directly ruled the Congo as, like, its, as its monarch, uh, because um, uh, Belgium at the time was a constitutional monarchy, but their colonies were directly controlled by the monarch, and he murdered a shit ton of people. Fun story. Uh, yeah, he, um, six million died in the, uh, Congo genocide. So that's a thing that happened on Facebook. Yeah, so in other Facebook news, <laughs> Facebook is being sued for antitrust by the federal government in, like, 40 states. For something they did, like, a decade ago. Yeah, it's over the acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp, uh, which are not particularly recent. No. Like, that's is, is that a little bit worrisome that you can get approved for doing something by the government and then they sue you for antitrust a decade later? Well, it's maybe worrisome depending on how it shakes out. But yes, both of these acquisitions were endorsed by the relevant agency. Uh, so it's, it seems kind of... Um, strange that they would that the government would approve of these sales and then turn around and sue over them hey 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 guys you remember like a year ago when i was telling people about how governments are bad and everyone said no they do some good things like breaking up monopolies and controlling pandemics well how's that going for you I mean, I could, I could even see like a case being made for Facebook being monopoly that needs to be broken up. I don't personally buy it, but maybe. But like basing it on something that was approved many years ago just seems like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's almost like the antitrust power is mainly about politics and not about consumer protection. Yeah. Just like I've been saying, it does kind of seem that way. Uh, but in this particular case, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how to feel about it just because I, I can't see Facebook being a monopoly while Twitter exists. Right. Like, what is Facebook's market that they have control over? Crazy uncles? They're all on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The crazy nieces are on Twitter. The crazy uncles are on Facebook. No, man. Trump's got all the crazies on face on, on Twitter now. Oh, uh, yeah. No, the the woke crazies are on Twitter. Um, the, uh, um, reactionary crazies are on Facebook. 
Well, they're on Parlor now. That's true. Aren't the uh, real Trumpers on uh, Reddit? I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, yeah, not okay. since Reddit banned r slash the Donald. Oh yeah, that was a couple years ago. Did they also move to Parlor? Oh yeah, Reddit. Reddit said we don't serve your kind. Right. Here. Your money's no good here. Wait, didn't we <laughs> talk <laughs> about that on this paying. show? No, that was on the Bayesian conspiracy. Sorry. I just remember Inyash talking about it. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't really get it. I don't see how it's a monopoly or, like, why, how this would help me as a consumer. Yeah. If Facebook couldn't have Instagram or WhatsApp, because I don't really care about Instagram. And uh, I think WhatsApp is largely not used in the United States. That's, uh... It's like a big. It's it's mostly European, right? Well, my parents WhatsApp. use it, and they're culturally European, really? so <laughs> wow. they talk to a lot of people in Europe as well. Maybe it uh, leaked over from there. Yeah, I only ever hear about WhatsApp in the context of Facebook owning it. Uh, yeah, yeah. What? So the nice thing about WhatsApp is it's end-to-end encrypted, so mm. uh, you won't mm. if you don't want to be like those idiot, dumb morons at Solar Winds. Use WhatsApp. <laughs> it's also the like best the most reliable way to have free telephone calls from any place on earth to the u.s my whenever my parents travel they use exclusively whatsapp because huh. everything else is expensive and shitty well they're probably not traveling to china then <laughs> i don't think they're traveling anywhere right now but yeah wait why china does china hate whatsapp well you said end to end encrypted so i'm assuming it's banned in china ah i don't know i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to use anything in china that the uh, government can't spy on okay uh, soon coming to America. I know. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's happening. Um, it seems kind of dumb to all of us, I think. I know David probably has even stronger opinions. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on. All right, next story uh, is from Eniash. Yeah, uh, so Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, I don't know how to pronounce these right names, uh, he was poisoned a few weeks ago, I think, right? Um, yeah. Yes, he was poisoned, and Russia's like, we don't know what happened. Nothing. We weren't anywhere near him. How could this be? He just got really sick. And uh, Alexei Navalny managed to call up one of the guys that poisoned him uh, through a spoofed line that looked like it was coming from inside the Russian intelligence agency, and uh, pretended to be a high up Russian. Uh, uh, person which is actually pretty easy for him since you know he is the opposition leader he already uh has a lot of a lot of trappings of power and experience with that sort of thing and basically talked the guy into telling him exactly how he uh poisoned him by berating him for uh for getting it wrong and not getting him killed and saying this is going to be talked about really soon you need to tell us why we you know shouldn't I, I don't know, rake you over the coals or whatever he threatened him with. But yeah, the spy didn't know that he was talking to the guy he poisoned, so he told him all about it, and they used the solid form of a nerve agent and planted it in his underwear. Wait, wait, sorry. This guy personally made this call? Like, in the flesh? The young, the, the same guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna wow. say, this sounds very suspicious. <laughs> I, I don't also, know, man. what the fuck kind of assassin doesn't bother learning what their Mark's voice sounds like? I hello, this is American <laughs> journalist Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It, this is breaking. It just happened a few hours ago, and I always feel kind of worried about reporting something that's breaking because every it always gets 
changed up yeah. and redacted later. But, but on the other by hand, the time this gets released, yeah. Uh, but it's also like, wow, that was stupid. It's also pretty epic that like he did it himself and they poisoned his underwear. Yeah, Inuyasha actually asked if we should cover this story, and I, I said did. we had to because it was uh, uh, underwear poisoning. Yes, they they uh, had to. Put... People need to know that the poison <laughs> was put in the guy's underwear. Well, it's, since it was the solid form of the nerdphage, they needed to put it somewhere that was like warm and also moist, so that it would <laughs> kind of like melt and then be absorbed into his skin. Oh my god! Oh my god! So <laughs> listen to this from the article. Navalny asked. What item of clothing was the emphasis on? What is the most risky piece of clothing? Uh, Kudryatsev replied simply, underpants. <laughs> Navalny followed by asking exactly where Novichok was applied. The inside or outside seams? The insides. The crotch, replied Kudryatsev. Uh, which is, I love that. Apparently what saved his life was that uh, the plane didn't finish its uh, three-hour flight. As soon as he started getting sick, they landed and rushed him to an emergency room. And uh, if the plane had actually gone the full distance and then went to a hospital once they landed, he would have been dead by the time they got there. So I was that was impressive. I didn't expect humanity to not fail at that. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, yeah. So as uh, everyone already knew, it was Putin. He did it. Yes. Um, no, no big surprises here, but, uh, since apparently this is the sort of question I need to ask nowadays, did Putin personally do it? (laughs) He, he doesn't look unlike the guy. (laughs) No, this is Putin in a wig. Yes. Do, 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 ah, underwear. All right. Uh, okay. Next story. Uh, this one is from David. Yeah. So, uh. Since apparently uh, the California state government has run out of hornet's nets nests to stick their collective dick into, they have proposed a wealth tax on literally everyone who has ever looked at California on a map. And it's stupid and bad for all the reasons that wealth taxes are normally stupid and bad, and it tries to get around that by making it apply to everyone who has ever set foot in California in, like, the last 12 years, and also anyone who visits California for more than uh, two months. So, what I, I, I heard the details on this, and I still have a hard time believing them. Can you tell us exactly what the details are here? Because it's, it's, it's hard to believe. So it's basically a tax. They're trying to take some of Elon Musk's money in particular. And um, I don't remember all of the details and caveats and stuff. But it's something like if you went to school in California, if you lived here in the past some number of years, that's their I think they're still hashing out exactly how many years they're probably going to uh, The number settle. I heard was 12. Yeah, they're probably going to settle on something in the triple digits eventually. Um, <laughs> or if you come to visit California for more than 60 uh, days in a single year, then they're going. you're going to be subject to this wealth tax. And not only that, are you subject to the wealth tax for the next 10 years from what I heard? Yeah, I think it was like 12 years. Yeah, something like that. So if you were to go and visit there for 60 days, then for the next 12 years, you would be paying this tax? Yep. That's I mean, uh, that, that's in the proposal. Now, I don't expect this to, to get out of fantasy land stage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it is, uh, it does sound very illegal. 
normally when they want to like soak a particular person, don't they just try to sue him for some kind of antitrust or non-competitive practice? Uh, that's not a power that resides with the state of California. Ah, yeah, they want, and they, they, you know, they want, they want all the 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 millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, yeah. So, so, or as Bernie Sanders would say, the millionaires and billionaires. Well, no, it's just the billionaires now because he's a millionaire. Ah, right. No, he wants to get himself too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how socialists <laughs> work. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, this uh, proposal sounds pretty stupid. Um, you know, the 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 main problem with a wealth tax imposed by a state is that people just leave the state. It's very easy. Um, so they're trying to get around that by saying, well, you know, you still owe it if you leave. And you can't really do that. I don't think I don't think you're allowed to tax uh, residents of other states. Pretty sure you're not. I guess yeah. they would have to, like, try to send some California agents into those other states to seize assets of the person. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, this is probably not going to pass because... It's not legal. And also, if it is legal, then no one will ever go to California again. Well, that's not entirely true. No one rich would ever go there. Well, no one who thinks they're going to be rich is going to go there, and that's everybody. Yeah, okay. If uh, Civil War Two ends up happening because some California revenue agents invaded Texas <laughs> to try to take some of Elon Musk's money. That will absolutely confirm my stupidest possible timeline theory. <laughs> I mean, no, the stupidest possible timeline would be that thing that happened like uh, six years ago where New Jersey and Delaware were fighting over an island. And New Jersey recommissioned the the USS New Jersey to repel a, an invasion from Delaware. You're fucking kidding me. No, no. I mean, it never, they didn't have to use it, but they, they recommissioned the ship. Wow. Who ended uh, up with I'm the lying. island? I don't think, I don't think they actually did recommission the ship, but it was, uh, it was a proposal. Okay. Oh, they came up with some solution. I don't know. It just, nobody cares. Nobody cares who got the island. <laughs> Apparently someone just, cared a lot. This is, you know. I mean, th this wasn't like the uh, New Jersey versus New York slap fight over Liberty Island where there was, like, actually some revenue at stake, was there? No. Or does no, New Jersey no. just Island like matters. fighting over islands? Uh, yeah, probably that one. <laughs> I think this was during uh, Chris Christie uh, being the governor. So, hmm. you know, you take it up with him. All right. Well, that's the end of our news section. Uh, now we're into happy news. Yay. <laughs> Uh, number one happy news of this week, we're going to get right to it, is the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines uh, have been approved. Hell Yay. you! Yeah. I think, actually, I'm not sure, has Moderna been approved yet? I assumed it was. Uh, it, it has to have been, because it's in some Americans' arms, apparently. Is it? I guess some people okay. have already been hit with it. All right. All right, then. Yeah, so both uh, Pfizer and Moderna have got their vaccines approved. Um... The U.S. is going to be getting 100 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine and 200 million doses of the Moderna vaccine. Um, we could have gotten more of the Pfizer vaccine, but uh, Trump passed on it, so they're all going to Europe. That's lovely. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun story for a while. It was um, over the summer, Pfizer offered uh, to sell the United States, you know, as pretty basically as many doses as they wanted. Um, and Trump said... You know, he wanted 100 million. They they offered another 100 million. He said, "No, we'll pass." Um, and then, 
a couple weeks ago he tried to he tried to go back and say no no we actually want those other hundred million and they were like sorry we already made contracts with European countries yeah did did he not know there's more than a hundred million Americans I I I would bet he has no idea and also that he didn't know that each American needs two shots yeah uh, but it's uh so so we they they said we can have more but not till June. So a hundred million. Uh, we'll have to, you guys have to say down. that this is one of the worst trade deals made by any country in history. Yes. I don't, Sing, is this a trade deal? Uh, I mean, they're exchanging money for goods, so I don't yeah. see how it's not. I feel like this is not the central example of a trade deal. Yeah. Well, still, still single worst deal ever approved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very, very bad deal. Very bad. Sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but no, it's good news. We're getting 100 million. We're getting 200 million of the Moderna, and we got three more on the way. Which one was it that was just sitting in warehouses for a number of days? That was Pfizer. That was Pfizer? Okay. Yeah. Just because they, yeah, they just, you know. The, why? Because why hurry? Yeah. <laughs> the, they, they, someone like yelled at them, like, why are they just sitting there? And Pfizer said, we have shipped every single one that we have been told where to ship them. The government just hasn't told us where to send these. Can I, like, go there and be, like, right here in the arm, buddy? You literally cannot. It has to be passed through government approval first, and they tell them where to ship them. Yeah, you probably have to get a doctor to do it. Yeah. Doctors. Well, all right. But, you know, anyway, this is the happy news section. Yes. So we're going to be happy about this. Because we're getting 300 million doses. Yes, we're getting – and they're they're approved. It's happening. The vaccine is happening. And I am not going to talk about how literally everyone is trying their damnedest <laughs> to fuck it up. Nope, because this is the happy news section. Very happy. So we're just going to marvel at the fact that this uh, vaccine is on the market in less than a year. Yeah. Uh, where the previous fastest vaccine, I think, was in development for four years. Okay, sorry. I know I said we're going to keep this happy news, <laughs> but why the fuck did the stimulus bill not devote a lot more money to buying vaccines? Like, if your goal is to not have to have anyone pay for vaccines, why don't you allocate money to pay for the vaccines? Well, you gotta give out those checks. Wait, do we do we not have money to pay for the vaccines? By we, I mean the government? They allocated like a hundred million or something um, to uh, paying for vaccines. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact number. Uh, COVID. So this was part, part mean, of the stimulus. I'm not worried about that. The government will find the money for the vaccines. Yeah, but I mean, I wish they would just. Oh wait, sorry, it's eight billion. Oh, that's might be enough. That's a much more reasonable number. Yeah, I mean, it's less than one percent of the total. Um, amount spent, but you know, it's still a big number. Yeah. All right. Um, other happy news. Inyash. Uh, so this, <laughs> I, I, the, this one, okay, I'm just going to read it. Uh, a church rebranded as a strip club so that they could, uh, serve their, their people, uh, during Corona times because in San Diego, churches were not approved as, uh, necessary, uh, for the public good, which, you know, I think 
probably is is true and fair, and I'm okay with that. But apparently strip clubs were vital services, and those were still allowed to be open. So <laughs> so a church uh, rebranded as a strip club, and their pastor, I guess, took off his tie in a particularly sassy manner. <laughs> I, I read this headline and definitely got confused and thought it was the other way. Oh, that, is... that a strip club was rebranding as a church so it could stay open. Oh, that would be great, too. Yeah, but you forgot that this is the stupidest timeline. (laughs) Where we have an entire ass amendment to the Constitution protecting the free exercise of religion, and yet strip clubs and yoga studios are quote-unquote non-essential, while churches are are quote-unquote essential, while churches are quote-unquote non-essential. I mean, I think they're Uh, all non-essential, but... The Supreme Court's put an end to that. Yes. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they found that uh, churches had to be essential. Okay. Well, it was fun for the day or so that it lasted. No. Really, just because anything that gets around those stupid regulations that way, I think, is fun. Honestly, here, here. I don't even know if it's technically legal, but it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> All right. What's your other happy news for us? The other happy one is that uh, gene editing cures sickle cell anemia. The first patients to get uh, CRISPR gene editing treatment are doing very well and uh, have had their lives kind of changed around. Um, Yay. Yeah. Yeah, great. From what I read, still not like, you know, 100% if they didn't have sickle cell anemia, but doing so much better. And uh, and first of all, fucking amazing that we've done this as humans, right? Like, we are actually going in and fixing genetic diseases in people, and it's awesome. Yeah, I kept hearing about how CRISPR was going to, you know, revolutionize everything. And uh, this is uh, an encouraging, uh, uh, you know, preliminary result there. Yeah. Uh, on the downside, you can't get it uh, because it's illegal to get a treatment that hasn't been approved yet. You'd have to be lucky enough to be in the trial to actually get this. So if you have sickle cell anemia, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Love the U.S. government. Yes. <laughs> but maybe, no, no. maybe in a few Narrowness more years. This is a virtue. Love the FDA. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, of course. Maybe in a few years the FDA will allow people who are suffering to not be suffering anymore. We'll see. Yes. I know we're normally on this show very cautious about criticizing the FDA. <laughs> but uh I think in this circumstance, you know, maybe maybe they could speed things up a little bit. All right. Well, that takes us to troop deployments. As we all know, uh, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our three hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to wish everyone a uh, Merry Solstice, a Joyous Yuletide, a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever your uh, personal preferred brand of... Um, midwinter celebration is i hope it is delightful despite the covid times uh i hope everyone stays safe and stays healthy and uh has a happy holiday season this boner of a year is almost done (laughs) coming in the home stretch all right thank you david eniac uh, my soldier this time is a literal soldier if perhaps a fictional one um i recommend perhaps (laughs) <laughs> perhaps not we will never find out 
Um, I do recommend that everyone watch Rambo First Blood. It is the first Rambo movie. It's based on a novel, and it's actually a legit good movie. Uh, it's I, I, I stumbled across this one day when I was just, like, having some drinks, and I just wanted to watch some bad 80s cheese action, right? I was like, what's the most stereotypical bad 80s cheese that everyone knows about? Rambo, of course. Uh, so I pulled up the first Rambo movie. As it turns out, first one actually... You know, both good action, very practical stuff, because it's just one guy in the woods versus a sheriff's department. And, like, it had some really interesting things to say. Like, it was just a good story. Uh, it turns out that since it was so good, it got incredibly popular. And as they had the they want to do in the 80s, as soon as something got popular, they made, like, two or three sequels immediately, just shat them right out. And uh, those those sequels that came along afterwards uh, gave it the bad name because those were really awful. Speaking of bad names, the sequel, the first sequel was called Rambo First Blood Part 2. Is it really? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have at least called it Second Blood, you know? But Well, they, they actually, so they released one last year, and it's called Rambo Last Blood. Ah, all right. For a fun trip, through, if you actually want bad movies, in the third Rambo movie, he fights for the Taliban in Afghanistan. So that movie aged very well. <laughs> oh, nice. Was it for the Taliban or the Mujahideen? Oh, shit. Now I don't remember. It was against the Soviets, and it was... Okay, that was the Mujahideen. Okay. The difference between the Taliban and the Mujahideen is, like, a decade and who they were fighting. All right, and otherwise well, it's just like same people, same equipment, same place, same well, the, time. All right, so my trip deployment this week is that the Democrats could learn something from Dan Crenshaw. Now, Dan Crenshaw, the Republican representative from Texas, recently released an ad for a rally he's having to support the Republican candidates in the Georgia runoff election. Now, if you've heard of Dan Crenshaw, it's probably because on Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson made fun of his eye patch. The one he wears because he lost an eye in combat in Afghanistan. Predictably, there was a backlash, and the next week Crenshaw came on the show to make fun of Pete Davidson in a segment that ended up being hilarious and had Crenshaw come, come across as a likable, funny guy. Now, the new ad features Crenshaw being interrupted at his victory speech with news about the Georgia runoff. He then airdrops out of a military plane into a group of Antifa who were presented as losers who don't even understand why they're angry until one of them remembers... Oh yeah, the news told us to be. They go on to make fun of Crenshaw for being a pirate until he lands on their car hood. The ad ends with the Antifa guy screaming as Crenshaw smashes his fist through their windshield. Now the ad is completely over the top, and it's also brilliant. It plays up the image of Republicans as tough guys, valiantly and violently defending real America from the pathetic losers who are constantly trying to tear it down. Crenshaw is basically Captain America. The Democrats could learn something from this ad. Now, an ad like that wouldn't work for a Democrat, but they could be trying to make ads that are similarly engaging, funny, and entertaining. But more than that, they should be developing an image that people actually like. If Republicans are going to be the Captain America that punches people real hard, Democrats can be the Captain America that uses his shield to guard the vulnerable. Rather than constantly defining themselves as not the Republicans, they should be defining themselves as something positive and staying on message. They're not always going to have Trump to run against. They need a message that's more than just the lesser of two evils. Obama managed to pull it off, and if Democrats want to win elections in the future, they'll have to do it too. Excellent. All right. Well, that's our show this week. 
Um, remember to follow us on uh, whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, leave us a review if you love us or hate us. Um, if you really love us, and support us on Patreon. If you really hate us, support us on Patreon. And uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye.